Today, we're going to be speaking with one of the top realtors in the country about exactly how she negotiates for her clients. Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. Welcome to Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made for real estate agents and by real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I'm your guide and host through the show today. As always, is our monthly series called the Monday Market Minute with Carrie McCormick from the Carrie McCormick Real Estate Group with At Properties here in Chicago. She, Carrie, is a top top one. She's more than a top one percent producer. She's a top point zero zero one percent producer in Chicago with over twenty years of experience helping buyers, sellers, and investors. And just to show you how uh, much production she does. Um, there's about 47,000 realtors in the Chicago and area. Carrie is often ranked in literally the top 15, sometimes the top 10, sometimes higher than that. So she is an amazing superstar. And she is an expert in everything from first-time home buyers, veteran investors, and luxury properties. She also works with a lot of developers and is often chosen to represent their high-end developments. Please visit Carrie at her website, carriemccormickre.com. And also, please follow her on Instagram. Instagram, Carrie McCormick Real Estate. We will have a link to that in the show notes. And and by the way, Carrie's Instagram or her social media in general is so effective that she was just recently nominated for Best best Realtor uh, Social Media in Chicago. And you can actually vote for her by going to the link in our show notes for Chicago Agent Magazine. So if you like Carrie and love listening to her episodes, please consider uh, voting for her. In the so- She's actually Social Media Influencer of the Year. Um, <laughs> so check, check that out and vote um, for her, please. All right, Carrie, welcome once again to the show. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm just trying to think, how long have, have I been on your show? Uh, five or six. Well, ever since the beginning. So I think okay. it's been at least five years, I think six years. I just, I think back to the beginning. So thank you <laughs> for having me. And I love being part of it and sharing my knowledge and listening to all of your guests as well. I think it's a great community to be part of. So thank you. 
Well, whenever I run into, you're welcome and thank you. And whenever I run into agents here locally in the Chicago land market, they always reference your episodes in particular because you are so well respected and regarded in, in Chicago and, um, you know, of course elsewhere, but, uh, it is, it is always fun, you know, cause we don't, I don't do so many Chicago episodes anymore. And so it's nice to, when I run into people, they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you have Carrie on the show every, every month. Like you're, you're very much looked up to in this industry. Um, so what would you like to talk about today? Well, we're in the fall market here in Chicago and, you know, we're in Q3 and I feel like negotiations on deals have been changing a little bit. So, you know, there's all different types of negotiation strategies. And as everyone knows, each deal is different. We have a lot of different personalities in the deal. You know, the sellers, the buyers, the brokers get obviously are involved. Um, families sometimes get involved. So there's just a lot of personalities. And um, I just wanted to share some tips that I have and that have been successful for me in negotiating and creating a win-win for both. I mean, I think that's a common term that people say is, you know, everyone feels like they want to win or if both sides are upset, you know, you've got a, a great negotiation going, but you know, there's ways to strategize and get to the finish line. So I thought it'd be helpful to share what I know. And the first one is to figure out what the other side wants and what drives them to be making these decisions. So in our industry, obviously, it's buying and selling a home. So think about uh, your first showing with the person. That's your time to really interact with that buyer or the seller and the broker to ask questions. Obviously, we're there to sell the home, but throughout that process, you know, we can ask questions um, that are about you know, where do you live? Where are you currently living now? What do you not like about your house? Is it too small? Is it too big? And obviously don't ask the way I'm asking them now, but you know, you, you learn about their family. You learn if they're renting. Um, this is going to help formulate if they are to make an offer on your listing is now you've got a little bit of background on them. Right. And again, it's not a, it, it's about leveraging your position, but it's also the point of it is figuring out what they want and what drives them, right? So if they're renting, or again, if they're in a, a house in the neighborhood and they're having a child and schools are important to them, they really want a playroom, you know, again, asking the right questions is gonna lead to understanding your position when it comes to negotiating. Um, and you learn what's personally important to them, right? I also think it's a good idea to not only um, understand what the buyers or sellers want, but also, you're in front of their representative, their broker. So, you know, learn a little bit about that broker. What's their negotiating style like? What is their track record? Have they sold in the neighborhood? Do they understand the comps? You know, maybe that broker doesn't really know um, the Lincoln Park single family home market. You know, so you can be an advocate to them and say, hey, listen, I know that you haven't sold a lot of homes in Lincoln Park. So I went ahead and I prepared the CMA for you, Mr. Broker, you know, this might help just kind of show you um, what the, the last six months have looked like here, 
Wow. So, so I just want to pause for a second because that is very, very interesting. I'm curious. Um, so basically, you, you have a buyer and you're bringing them to to a, a listing, and then you can do some due diligence on the listing agent, and you yeah. can actually see if they've sold homes via the MLS in that market before. If, if you don't recognize the name, or if it's somebody that hasn't doesn't have a track record, you then will reach out and say, "Hey, I know you, you may be new to this area." Or, or you know, not as familiar with it. Here's some information that might help you. Uh, and, and is that usually well received? Because I, I could see agents getting offended by that, but I guess it's all in how you present it. It's the delivery of the information, right? You know, and yes, I'm sure some people would get offended by that, but it's not in a. Um, it's it's just more of an, an educational. But I really don't go that route unless I know my client's interested in the home. You know, I'm not going to go do do all that due diligence, but sure. Um, you know, and again, you the showing process is kind of like an interview process, right? Because especially if I'm with a buyer, and well, let me just reverse it. I've had buyers come into my listing, and they're very difficult, right? They just they rip apart the home, like oh my god, look at the way that this looks. This person isn't taking care of the home, and you can just tell with the personality, you know, they don't like it, or you know, they're not they're they're going to be difficult or you know so you just kind of need to observe and understand you know what is the buyer maybe the buyer wants to gut the kitchen you know so i know now that when they come in with an offer it's going to be lower because they need to factor in their costs so again during the showing process of course our job is to sell the home and highlight everything but be observant ask the right questions so if that person was to make an offer on your home you do have a little more information of what's important to them, what drives them, and how to successfully get to um, a reasonable you know, price when they make the, the offer. The other one is, which I think is very important, I, I'm primarily what we call a seller's broker. I represent sellers, right? So understanding what my leverage is, right? So if I have a listing that's on a wide lot, um, modern finishes, um, in a great school district, and there is nothing else on the market like that in Lincoln Park. I'm just making up a story. Um, I know what my leverage is in this market, right? So when I'm there presenting the home, again, I can point out all of these facts and my cost per square foot, you know, the age of the home, the attributes that my home has that no other home has. It, If my home has everything every other home has, I'm not going to bring it up. I don't have any leverage because there's 10 other homes in the market that have the sub-zero fridge, right? But if my home is the only home that has X, I am definitely going to make sure I point that out and point it out that I am the only home that has X. That's my leverage, right? So again, understanding what that buyer wants and then knowing what my leverage points are, make sure that I highlight those during my showing. And these are all very done, obviously, professionally and in, in good spirit. But again, the underlying message is preparing for that negotiation and preparing to get this the house sold. Um, the other one I wanted to mention is, I love this one, is agree on the, when you get an offer, agree on the easy stuff at the beginning. And what I mean by that, obviously, price is always going to be the contentious point of a negotiation, but agree on the small stuff, whether it's um, a closing date, not that that's small stuff, but, you know, a closing date or um, their pre-approval letter or I don't know, whatever it is, if there's small stuff that they're, they're, 
negotiating, just agree on that stuff. It just sets the tone for a nice negotiation. Um, two examples that I just had recently is we were kind of in this standoff of $100,000 apart on a deal. I'm on the seller side. You know, the natural thing is to meet in the middle, right? And that's kind of everyone's, oh, just let's meet in the middle, win-win. And so I prepped my seller for that. I said, listen, we're $100,000 apart on a multi-million dollar deal. We're, it's it's peanuts at this point. I'm, the buyer's going to come back and split the difference, right? And he's like, oh, okay, a typical negotiation, right? The buyer came back with 60000 instead mm. of splitting the difference. Mm -hmm. and And the broker said, we're doing this to show good faith that we're a good buyer and we want to get it done. And I thought... What a great move he just made. Smart. You know, it was $10,000, but what that did was my seller was so happy with this buyer and said, let's take it. I mean, it was done, deal, sealed, and delivered. Now we're going to go into negotiations of inspection items. Well, what did that seller just, or the buyer just do? Sorry. He set himself up that if anything comes up in negotiations, my seller now thinks he's $10,000 ahead of that split in the middle thing he may give into it but anyways i just thought it was a brilliant. oh that's even i didn't think about that that's yeah that's great as brilliant well move. yeah if that guy's listening, brilliant brokers listening he did a brilliant move another thing that just happened which i also thought was brilliant um which came from me so i have to take credit for my brilliance <laughs> is um i did a showing and the client fell in love with a chair loved this chair you know, and so when they made the offer right out the gate, we said, you know, thank you for the offer. You know, we understand how much you love that chair. We just want to give you the chair. If you get, if you buy the house, we want to give right. you the chair. Yeah, yeah. And the buyer was so happy. And we set that tone of that negotiation in a good spirit. Yeah. The buyer was so, thought that was so thoughtful. The broker came back to me and says, okay, now what do you guys want? And I said, nothing. We don't want anything. I mean, obviously we're going to negotiate, but that was just a good gesture. My client knew how much you guys love that chair. They're not, it's not going to fit into their new home. If we come to an agreement, no strings attached, we want you to have the chair. And, and that really requires you as the listing agent paying attention to the buyer and noticing, ooh, there's a there's something we could maybe we could do something for them because it's probably not that common that somebody walk a buyer walks in and goes, oh my god, I gotta have that chair because uh, they're obviously thinking you know they're gonna mm -hmm. probably replace all, all the stuff that's movable anyway. But right. I guess when you hear that, that's an opportunity for you to come back because people get so emotionally tied to things and. Yeah, and that is a great way, uh, especially furniture. I mean, furniture is a thing we just get we get really excited about when we mm -hmm. see a piece that really is like that would look cool in my place. So yeah, that's a great. So those are two unbelievably yeah. great suggestions. But it's operating so, from a place of goodwill, right? So yeah, and understanding again in the beginning of a negotiation, you know, what is your purpose? What is your leverage? What the buyer wants, what the seller wants, and you can convey all of that and be strategic. And of course, at the end of the day, you know, you want to get the, we're fiduciaries to our client. We want to get, you know, the best deal possible, but there's ways to kind of maneuver that where everyone comes out of the negotiation feeling good about it. And that's what we want. We want everyone to feel like they won. And do you often, if you don't maybe often, if you don't know what the other side wants, 
um, I guess this is where good relationships come in, where you could talk to the to the you know the buyer's broker and mm-hmm. and have those conversations of yes, okay, we'll fix, we'll negotiate the price, but what, are there any little things that we can't agree upon now to get them out of the way? Um, I love that. Yeah, no, it's easy. And my last tip to you, this one I say, exercise with caution, with severe caution, is sometimes we need to put the decision makers in a room together, not physically, but maybe sometimes over the phone. I have done it in the past physically, which worked out really well, but you do have to be careful. And when I say the decision makers, I mean the buyers and the sellers, because sometimes the agents, you know, there's a lot phone tag, right? That happens through the negotiation process. Um, Sometimes there's a lot of things that get misinterpreted based on an email tone or text tone or voicemail tone or whatever it is. So I've had um, some negotiations that I've just put the buyer and seller together with us present, of course, on a phone call together. And like I said, I've had them face to face as well. Sometimes when you have the decision makers together, you have a very successful outcome. I'd say every time I've done it, I've had a very successful outcome where, you know, like they're friends now. And it just, especially when you're dealing with um, certain personalities, it does work. But you that's where you have to know your client and you have to understand and know the, know if it's a good idea. So that's why I say exercise with caution but if you feel you're at a point with good personalities, um, you deals can be done. You know, getting the decision makers in the room. It's a great idea because we humans are wired for connection, and so we're wired to get along mostly. So when you get two people who are in kind of an adversarial position, you know, competing against each other, negotiating mm-hmm. against each other, and you're able to bring them into a room and it's not a contentious environment, hopefully, then they actually, like you said, they actually bond closer together. They they, they end up probably liking each other a little bit more, at least, than they, they did do. before. And they end up wanting to work together um, and, and get the deal closed. So I, I think those are all, wow, this is a great episode. We're, let's cap it there because okay. those were those were three amazing things. And Carrie's got to go. more. No, I'm just go ahead. <laughs> no, oh, I'm you just do. Joking. Okay. <laughs> well, that's enough uh, because um, th- we'll save it. We'll save other things for for next episodes. And um, boy, that those are three amazing tips. So great negotiation tips there for uh, for our audience. Please consider using that. Carrie uses these herself, and she is incredibly successful. So it would be behoove everyone to consider uh, implementing some of these into their process and. Please, a couple of things too. Please remember to follow Carrie on Instagram. So you can find her at Carrie McCormick Real Estate. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. Her website's Carrie McCormick RE. And if you are an agent in another part of the country, Carrie works the Chicagoland uh, area, but maybe you have clients that move uh, to Chicago, she would love the opportunity to partner with you. And also she has clients that move out of Chicago. Mm -hmm. So if you are uh, an agent that would like to um, maybe connect with Carrie, you can do that. You know, hit her up on Instagram or or you can you can email her. She's super easy to find. Just Google Carrie, uh, Carrie McCormick. And also, um, if you are an agent, you know, Carrie has a team. And if you think you would be a good addition to Carrie's team, um, certainly feel free to reach out. And, you know, if she has any openings or any opportunities, she will let you know. Um, but And also, let's remember to vote for her for Influencer of the Year with Chicago. I will have a link to that in the show notes. So even if you are not a Chicago broker, you can still vote. So we will have a link to that in the, the show notes. So please do that. Support our guests and our, uh, our fellow um, hosts. 
like Carrie. And guys, let us also know what you would like Carrie to talk about on future episodes. She is going to be giving away, you know, her processes. So she is an incredibly high producing agent. So let's let us know what you would like to see from or hear from her. Um, and on behalf of the audience, thank you, Carrie. As per usual, she's been with us since the very beginning. We love having her on, and she is just a part of the show. Um, so we're so grateful for you. On behalf of the audience, thank you. And on behalf of Carrie and myself, thanks to the audience. And please remember to tell a friend. Think of just one other agent, everybody, that could benefit from maybe somebody who needs some negotiation uh, help. Send them a link to this episode and, you know, just any podcast directory has our our links or you can send them to our website, keepingitrealpod.com. By the way, we just crossed over 3 million downloads. So thank you to everybody for listening, continuing to support our show. Please also support our sponsors. They're the reason we can keep doing these. So anyway, we will see everybody on the next episode. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you.